Gate has responded to IFF code. IFF read and accepted. Data transfer complete. All right. Are we recording? I believe we're recording. Hey, okay. we're in. We're doing it. Oh, man. <laughs> so, when was the last time we did one of these? Over a month ago. Mm, I feel like more than that. Uh, over a month ago. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep it at that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, hey, welcome to the Memory Core episode, not one. <laughs> um, at this point, could it be one? We've been we've been pretty busy. It's been pretty crazy. It's been rough. Um, but yeah, we're here. We're glad to be talking. Um, got a couple things to discuss. Hopefully, a relatively quick episode. Get mm-hmm. some content out there. Um, I don't know if you guys saw. I did a really quick talk on uh, one of my favorite novellas, Hector. Um, my hope was to use YouTube's short format, something that would get a lot of attention, but uh, it turns out you have to record it with a phone to get the right aspect ratio so that then it will go up as a short. Otherwise, YouTube doesn't fucking care. Yeah, I tried resizing it, but I'm not that good yet. No, it, just, <laughs> it wasn't meant to be, it wasn't no. meant to be. Um, I also did that Heavy Metal Pro video too you did i really really wanted to cover that so if you haven't seen that go check it out i like rick's work yeah 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 he did a lot of good stuff uh, during that sort of period um of Baltech history uh and uh, you know unfortunately he's because i think he's mentioned it, like, he's, he's right like he wouldn't be able to make much of a living off of it anymore because there's so many different free programs well, from my understanding he actually bought the right to do that yeah, yeah. so that i mean that's Especially when you're up against Microsoft, I mean that's a financial hurdle to yeah. to get through. Um, but yeah, yeah. So we've been doing some things. We've been really busy with work, you know, respectively our own our own things. It's been kind of hard, but uh, we have been kind of chipping away at the hobby. Um, mm-hmm. And we both participated in the Trevor Project, which was a fundraiser set up by Carrie Schumann. Mm-hmm. Um, over at the Unicorn Company podcast to raise money for LGBTQ um, benefit for teenagers and, and kids. So uh, I worked on uh, Mad Dog. Um, well, it was supposed to be for the Cassie Galaxy for Novacat, Clan Novacat, which um, tends to do more like psychedelic things. Uh, and the, the goal was that it would be sort of an urban terrain so that everything kind of matched in a sense yeah. in terms of its terrain setting. Um, and I did a, a dazzle camouflage uh, Mad Dog with a lot of really bright, vibrant colors, um, really kind of pushed my skills to the limit. And um, you get to finally use the oranges and yellows that I've been wanting to use in a Mac. Um, about a couple, maybe about six months ago, I did a post on the Battletech Painting Customs, like, look at this cool technique. You can use inks with your acrylics to really punch up the color and the intensity. Look how effective it is over black. And three people were like, why would you paint it over black? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll save that for later. Yeah, because we, we got some useful tips. Paying attention um, to anything I say, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it looked really good, and so hopefully, you know, we got some photos to share for you. And I know you know Dan contributed too. Yeah, a couple units. I threw in an adder and a Grendel. Um, I didn't do like an urban base. I put the Trevor Project symbol on it on the base, um, but mine were done in. I remember, I think it was pansexual colors, yeah. the ones I looked at, because I liked how they blended well yeah. together. But it felt good. Like we, it turns out, 
I shouldn't say we, because I mean, we is like a really collective whole, because there were like, what, mm-hmm. 10 different people who contributed, yeah. maybe more? Um, it grew. We wrote, raised a lot of money, and even there was stuff. Uh, Stackpole, right? Yeah, Stackpole provided the signed copy of the Warrior Trilogy, and George Ledeau, um, Duncan Fisher himself from Mech Warrior for Mercenaries, <laughs> uh, did some stuff, so that was really cool. One of the best things that come out of that game. Yeah, so it was, it was great that we, you know, it was something we were able to contribute, and uh, hopefully make a difference make a difference so um, yeah I got a couple of different views of the miniature that hope you know we'll, we'll get up there so you guys can see it in the video um, and then most recently uh, I've been sitting on it for a couple of years I remember I was kind of going through the Ironwood metal site and I don't know if it came up as a like a recommended or people who have bought this have also bought that but it was a Shadowrun corporate mage and as soon as I saw it I, was like, I know exactly how I'm painting that and I finally got around to it. Uh, I love the Venture Brothers. It's probably one of the best. It is the best show. It's not probably. It is the best show on television. Um, and uh, Pete White, the pink pilgrim, the albino compatriot of uh, Billy the Quiz Boy, the hydrocephalic dwarf. Um, uh, Clovis? No, not Clovis. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it was really cool to get that done and get that painted up and, and uh, learn how to paint pink and how to shade and highlight pink. Turns out your yellows do a lot of great highlights for a lot of different colors, whether you're doing like greens, reds, you know, even purples, blues, um, and definitely pink, yeah, highlights pink. Got to pull out my, my paints, gray ink to do the shade, so it was really cool. Uh, and I'm really happy, I'm happy with it. I'm not like, you always look at it and think, oh, I can do better next time. You, know, you always do that, but I was really happy with it to get it done. Um, you're always your worst critic. Yeah, yeah, but it, so, look, it looks good. Thanks, man. It looks really good. Yeah, you've been, I'm, you've I'm been sad going. I didn't. Uh, I didn't catch that at first. Yeah, I yeah. knew it. Like I knew it because I haven't seen the Venture Brothers for so long. But I was like, why does that look so familiar to me? And then when you had a friend actually post that, I looked it up. I was like, Mother of God. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> genius, <laughs> genius. So I'm, I'm glad. It, I mean, it's been received well by people who know the Venture Brothers. People who have no idea what the fuck it is are like, okay, you know, whatever, I don't care. Because I was gonna, I was gonna maybe use it as an NPC in um, in a time of war, uh, you know, like the corporate <laughs> contact, like you know, the benefactor fucks you over. <laughs> but you know, it, it kind of that gets into a whole other episode of the uh, pros and cons of a time of war, um, and kind of what gets in the way. I think of it being more successful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, you've been doing a lot with metallics. Yeah, um, I did sort of a tribute to MechWarrior 2, uh, probably my favorite Battletech game. Yeah. You know, soundtrack, everything, just, it's it's beautiful. Uh, but I based it off of the cover art from MechWarrior 2 and uh, 31st Century Combat and MechWarrior 2 Ghost Bears Legacy. So I have a star of wolf mechs that have, you know, like the green camo on the MechWarrior 2 box. Um, all metallics because I wanted to play with metallics. It was a really big damn challenge. Except for the checkerboard. That uh, cringe. The checkerboard was rough, but that was my first time doing it, and I, I think it turned out okay, uh, especially on the Ghost Bear guys. I'm still like kind of working on them because Adam actually showed me how to highlight, and I'm I'm cringing doing it because it's a lot of work, but it it brought them yeah made them shine a lot more. Which is one yeah. of the things that I mean is worth talking about at some point in another episode is is just the simple fact that 
you know, painting battle mechs is more difficult because the scale you're trying to represent is so large and the shapes are, how you highlight the different shapes is more difficult than say like an organic shape or even like a space marine, right? Like one of the most popular miniatures out there, like a 40K space marine. Um, and learning how to do it is, is tough, but one of the first steps is understanding edge highlighting because it provides that contrast between recesses and different panels and it makes it readable. And I think that's the most important thing is like, how readable is this? You know, is it tabletop quality? Can I read it, you know, from the tabletop or, you know, can I hold it at arm's length and can I see the details? And if I can do that, I know I'm on the right track. I could probably put it before and after up. Yeah. Because I, I did take them before I did the highlights and it, it does exactly what you say yeah. because I, I know I sent you that picture mm -hmm. Um, with my with my phone, but you can definitely see like I can put it arm's length away, like away from me, yeah. and I could actually see like the face of the fire moth and yeah. like the different even like the X panels on the uh, Hellbringer. Yeah, and it, it pops. It, yeah, I've been, I've been painting too. You can see I got primer on my on my. Fingers. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, the, learning how to do that um, is one of those things that it, it, it takes time, and then you know how subtle do you do it? How much do you you bump it up? People, it's a battle for me, yeah, finding people, out what I like. People have a tendency to say, oh, well, I don't want to do that because I want it to look realistic. And I think that the tough part is is that you know, miniature painting, you're trying to mimic the realism of the shapes and how light plays on the object. And so, if anything, you know, more realistic is going super high contrast because you're trying to represent a 35-foot tall war machine as represented by, what, an inch tall, you know, inch and a half? Um, and so I think that is that is um, that takes some time to get there, um, but it's it's once you get there, you know, it's worth it. Um, I just wanted to do something new. I was sick of doing the usual flat colors you normally see, like gray and tan, and you know, like, gray is just out there so much, or right. like a dark, even like black, like with a lot of the wolf dragoons we've been getting. It was cool to see a lot of white with the com guards, but even then, like, I, I just I wanted to try something different. Yeah, you know. yeah. Well, playing with colors and learning how colors work um, is something that uh, you never kind of stop learning, you know, unless you're Marco Frizzoni. Yeah. Uh, Italian dude over on YouTube with uh, not just Mecca, and the dude's just, he's just goddamn brilliant. And he painted one miniature, it was like a bust of a spaceman, and he used oils over acrylics, and it just... I just, I'm so angry because I'll never be that good. <laughs> I'll never be that good. Um, We're going to be like playing Battletech in our 60s. Like, I can finally, finally accomplish this. I'm going to lose my eyesight because I'm 60. It. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, our version yeah. of uh, like Twilight Zone. <laughs> I have the time now. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, what else? I mean, like, what we, well, here's something that I just figured out and this is just kind of by happenstance I heard or I just saw as an offhanded comment someone mentioned about using a brass bristle brush on a pewter miniature um, and I was like wait a minute and it was sticking with me and I had this miniature that I wanted to prep and I had stripped it years ago because I've had it for like 15 years I, I stripped it um, and never got all the paint off of it and just like two days ago I was like well I wonder can I use this brass bristle brush to clean it off, to get the rest of the paint off? And I did. Um, because the brass bristle, brass bristle brush will not hurt white metal. 
the tin and timony mix that you know, a lot of people now use. I wouldn't be too keen to use it on lead because lead is so soft. Um, and also the idea of you know, abrading lead and possibly you know, lead particles getting places. But I used the brass bristle brush on the pewter miniature and I was really blown away because not only did it take the paint off safely and preserve all the details with no sweat, but it also, I don't know if you'd say polish or burnished the surface of the metal, but it definitely made it much more pleasing because it is one of those things with white metal is it does have a texture to it. It is a little bit on the rougher side. And that is a complaint about it over plastics. And it's, it's a fair complaint. But using uh, a brass bristle brush on the miniature really improved things. And we're going to have to see if we can do like a side-by-side -side comparison, like a close-up of a miniature. This was just a, this is a Reaper wizard. And you, could, you could do a short. I could do a short. Um, but I was really blown away. And it's like, is this something that was lost of time? Is this something that goes back to the days when people were using like tin soldiers and doing wargaming before you know, we are where we are now? Um, was it lost because we were using pewter on our end until like, the early 90s and then everything went over to the white metal and then before that, before you knew it, we were, we were in plastics in the 2000s. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, using the brass bristle brush, I was like, whoa, this makes a huge difference. And I made Dan do it just before we started recording yeah yeah i saw i noticed a huge difference yeah and so it's one of those things like we'll have to do uh a better comparison because obviously doing it like this you're not going to see it you're not going to appreciate it and me holding it up to the camera i mean it's not going to focus so yeah if you do your short i, I think it would really really show it because i i mean i was doing it a little bit but then you grabbed it like the way you did it yeah. and everything it's much easier to see it you know than uh like talk yeah. about it and so far it, it doesn't seem to damage the ability of the metal to hold paint um, or to hold primer. Um, you're here, here in fireworks to record this on the 4th of July. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, I was like, wow, okay, is this, have we been doing this wrong? Because metal gets a bad rap, and yes, it has um, negatives to it, but I feel like those negatives tend to be really drastically overstated. Um, and kind of gets me to, like, I'm really excited for the Ralph Martha Legacy Thunderbolt Mountain Miniatures Kickstarter that they're doing. It's like their fourth wave. And Tom Meyer is doing a whole pile of new sculpts in his 30 millimeter fantasy range of elves, dwarves, goblins slash orcs, and some like Byzantine inspired humans. Um, as well as a couple different monsters, and they just look incredible. And they're, they're like old school, in the sense that it has that design language of 70s and 80s sword and sorcery. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it is sort of modern in its approach and its aesthetics. And it's still, still metal. It's you know green stuff or green epoxy to sculpt it. And Tom was actually the first one to sculpt with green epoxy, which is a whole other episode. Um, the dude's been doing it for 50 years, and he's only gotten better. And it's really cool what's going to be on that Kickstarter. And uh, so I'm really excited about, about Metal Minis, because they're, they're still doing some cool stuff with them. They're definitely not... The limitations are not... Because people complain about the old Battletech Minis, which is a whole other thing, but like the limitation of the material is not a problem. For, for new miniatures versus old. That's just not the issue. Well, when they were trying to put on a new, they were discussing a clan box set for like over 10 years. 
And I remember, yeah. I think it was Herb said that, that they weren't going to include the fire moth in it. And I was one of the guys among like others who were like, why would you not do that? Yeah. You know, if you're putting all the Omnimex in it, like the originals. Yeah. And he said that the problem was because of how like the material they were using, the plastic, yeah. they couldn't get the arms right uh, because the arms were too small. Yeah. So they, instead of actually figuring out a way to do it or like use a, a plastic that's maybe a little more expensive, they just decided to drop it. Yeah, I mean, they, they, that gets into a whole other thing too is, um, I mean, it would have been cool to see a clan box set with like the 16 original Omnimax in it. Oh yeah. Um, but I, like on the one hand, back in the day, you know, at the early, late 2000s, early 2010s, the materials and methods that either Catalyst had access to or were willing to pay for, it was totally different. And a lot of the, the miniatures that we saw with the fifth edition slash 25th anniversary, 25th anniversary box set, yeah, um, was, yeah. you know, a lot of those were based off of masters that were modified from the Iron Wind minis. And so you kind of get this continual degradation in quality, right? And so you see people post like the side by side, you know, what came before, what came after, or like the old, old sculpts, the new sculpts. It's like, yeah, it's like the, you're, you're taking like a tape recorder and you're recording something off the radio and then copying it, copying it like two or three cassette yeah. tapes down. It just, it's not going to be the same. It was like the first two iterations of those box sets. So you had the introductory box with the catapult on it, and then you had the anniversary box. But then it was the one like, maybe like a couple of years after that where they fixed that. Yeah. And those were the ones that ended up being those plastic um, Alpha Strike boxes. Yeah. And um, the metal beginner ones that you could yeah. still buy off of Iron Wind. Yeah. And it, but it's still a copy of a copy of a copy, yeah. which is a good national song, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like, like the, I think probably the worst, I mean, bar none, the worst was the third edition box set miniatures. Like, this really, yeah. really awful, like, slippery, slimy vinyl plastic that just, it, it just wouldn't hold paint. <laughs> you know, is plastic supposed to be really good at holding paint? It wasn't this. It wasn't that. Um, <laughs> yeah, like the, the styrene versus PVC. Um, and now that we've got CO cast, you know, on the horizon, um, breaking into sort of mainstream stuff. I'm hoping Iron Wind will pick up CEOcast at some point. It would be a major investment. We've been talking about that a lot lately. And I know, <laughs> I know there's a lot of stuff that, that the guys at Iron Wind are, are dealing with. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys saw the GoFundMe for Melissa No, uh, the Office Wench. And I've I've had to talk with Melissa a couple times through email um, for stuff. She's great. She's fantastic. She is. She's real responsive. You know? and she gave me a deal on, on some on stuff yeah. before. Yeah. And she's got. I mean, she's got. I don't know if it's if it's terminal or what, but it's it's like stage four cancer. I think it's in her brain, and um, you know, miniatures is not a, 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 a industry that you go into to make a whole boatload of money. You know, you go to because it makes you happy and you make enough. Um, but there's a GoFundMe put out to raise money, and it's actually done really really well. And yeah, as a, it makes me proud to be a BattleTech fan. You know, for like our like five people that watch this regularly, like they're not going to make a difference. But I mean, definitely shout out to people like Tex. Um, who sent over a lot of people there to donate, and a lot of people. I even saw like Michael Stackpole donated, and yeah, you know, a lot of people who have been impacted by BattleTech and Shadowrun, and all, some you know, shops have put it up. I think uh, yeah. Harry's Games and Miniatures is actually the one. The one who started, Derek, started right? Yeah, yeah. Derek. And, and you know, it's great to see that people who have worked with the guys over at IWM have um, 
donated uh, and people who have had good experiences. Because you know, in a in a more sane society, we'd probably have universal health care. But it's oh, okay, yeah. you know. We have GoFundMe's. Um, it's the Fourth of July, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad to see that this GoFundMe has done really well, uh, and because Melissa and Mike deserve it. Yeah, mm -hmm. they definitely deserve it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, moving away from sort of maybe less the less uh, sad topics, um, we did have a game. Yes, we did. And it was a Cisco game, and it was Introtech Intersphere versus Two Clan. Yep. Two clan max. So let's see, we wrote down, I took um, uh, the Stinger, which was the MVP of the game, by the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, the AQ Awesome, the Hunchback, the standard Hunchback with the AC20, I think it's the 4G, I think. And then yep, uh, the Phoenix Hawk D. And then Dan, you took the... I took the, um, what was it, Mad Dog A, a variant that I usually don't play a lot. That was the one with all of the SRMs, the ERPBC. Yeah. And the then, LB5X? Yes. Yeah, yeah. The LB5X. Yeah. And then I took the Storm Pro C. Mm. Uh, the Storm Pro C is actually one of my favorites. I did choose that one because I wanted to at least have something I was a little comfortable with. Yeah. Because it was our first time doing that. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, yeah. the one we had before that was the the one you don't like to talk about. Oh, yeah, it was the vehicles versus the planes, <laughs> and it just... That was a bad night. Yeah, I think I, what, I, I uh, missed 11 shots in a row it was, on an Antos. It was brutal. It was pretty, it was bad. It was two vehicles. I hit with one and then missed with the other weapon system on the vehicle. I think it was a Manticore. If you... And then the Antos then shot, and Antos missed with everything. If you're one of our Battletech listeners that used to participate on the official forums, it was some Jade Hellbringer level crap. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was, was that bad. It was quite frustrating. But this game, um, I did have a first because you ran the. Um, so we were playing. We were playing the Alpine Hills, right? Was that the one we were playing? Yeah, Alpine the, Hills. So yeah, there was there's like this spot that sort of map. seems to funnel everyone into like right in the middle of the map set and it, it's sort of like the one clear zone. Yeah. And I had maneuvered my hunchback and like the first round of combat. And the autocannon 20 hit and that was the only time I got to fire that autocannon 20. It was because my storm pro with the not unbalanced large pulse laser was able to get a headshot and then I rolled the actual limb blown off. So I rolled two 12s in a row. In my entire time playing Battletech, I've never ever done that. So my reaction was uh, a little over the top <laughs> when it happened, yeah. but uh, you you definitely were not feeling it. Yeah, yeah that was. And it wasn't the thing was like it wasn't a bad move what you did. Oh right, you right. Cover like yeah, just everything was in your favor. And you know there were a couple of it, it ended up even though <clears throat> I won with this Introtech Lance, and although yes, I mean you were technically outnumbered. Um, there were a couple roles that had they gone one way or the other, mm -hmm. it um, it could have gone either way. And it wasn't like, oh, well, you got a headshot, right? But it's like, well, you know, if you hadn't missed here or you hadn't missed there, not that it needed to be a headshot, but it could have made a big difference. Like, I, I made the mistake. I really wanted to take out that awesome. That was my mission for the rest of the game. And I had the awesome in a really good <clears throat> position, yeah. a really good position, because he had partial cover and he was up high and he could see you know, all around him. Uh, and it made a it made a big difference in terms yeah, of, of he was just pouring down fire, doing his job, being a turret, you know, something to 
kind of like a, how do they describe the hunchback like the the bubble of doom yeah keep yeah. people away and the awesome kind of did that yeah yeah it, what, it, what it did allow me to do was to get the stinger behind the the mad dog and like i said like if, if one roll had gone another way the one time you decided to fire at the stinger you'd use your erpbc and you missed yeah. And it was sort of tough. Like, do you turn your Mad Dog around to face the Stinger, thereby exposing the Mad Dog to be awesome, or do you kind of deal with the Stinger? And yeah, in the end, put up with it. The uh, the Stinger did manage to uh, knock out the Mad Dog's gyro after several rounds, um, just kind of just plinking away at the the back end. And a lot of those machine gun hits. The medium laser would miss, the, the machine gun would hit. <laughs> um, and then um, eventually, I think the Stinger. This thing to take off a leg off the storm crow with a kick yes. or something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the stinger yeah. was the the MVP. That yeah. awesome took a beating. Yeah. yeah, he's definitely a zombie <laughs> zombie machine. But it was no, it was cool because I mean, it was those things like, yeah, you know, obviously there'd been a different map. Maybe it would have been a different outcome had some roles gone differently. I don't feel that it was unbalanced because those clan weapons are so powerful. But it definitely was a matter of luck and decision making. Uh, by us that made a, a factor too. You know, the awesome grabbed an awesome spot on that map and you couldn't yep. dislodge him. Um, it's just sort of the reality of it. I abused the pulse lasers. Yeah, you did. I did. You know, I had Stormcrow C, man. But again, like the like the tank game, like every time, I don't know what it is with me and clusters, but it's like I'll open a hole and they will just go all around it every freaking time. Well, and, and the, the awesome has a lot of uh, heat sinks to suck up crits. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I, I knew that when I was I was trying to take it out. But know? I definitely found myself riding that heat curve very aggressively. Like uh, yeah. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep firing because I know yeah. I have a good shot. Let's just deal with it. I'll deal with the consequences later. I was doing. Uh, it too I'll deal with the consequences later. <laughs> I was dancing on the heat scale with that mad dog too. Yeah. Man. It was worth it. I think I, I alpha striked one one time because I knew he was he was definitely going down. Yeah. You know. But it was it was good, I and mean, it's one of those things. Like, yeah, you could still win with uh, a you know an intro tech lance against the clans. It's just how you use it. Um, People tend to forget that when they talk about battle value, that battle tech is also. Um, I would say it's fair because it. It is a game of tactics, but there is also luck with the dice. Yeah. But what people kind of lose is like kind of like when you get those debates between using D twelve and two D six, is that you can kind of control. Uh, your luck in a way because you know how a bell curve works yeah. between the two. Yeah. So you know to stay around like six, seven, and eight. Yeah. You know. I mean, it, it's it's um it, it is frustrating because I, I felt like when we bring up the battle value thing, people would like lose their minds like, oh, it's not really balanced. Yeah. Well, like, I, I can't, I can't account for player skill. Yeah, for player skill, right? Like or luck. You, you could take you could take a fighting game and do a mirror match, but obviously, if one person's better than the other, that person's going to win. Right, like it just—if you have different character knowledge, like that's just the way it goes. Mm -hmm. um, just because you're having the same character doesn't mean it's going to be a fair fight. Um, and there's ways you can counter that, or you can you know, compensate for that. But yeah, and had some roles gone differently, I mean, the Mad Dog A and the Stormcrow C, although they're lower BB compared to some of the Prime variants, they're no slouches. They're still—they're no, still, they're they're still clan weapons. And this, the Mad Dog A is just a cluster monster. Yeah, that thing's a beast. Yeah. It is a real beast. Normally, I take the um, was it Mad Dog B with the two large lasers and mm. like 
it, it's basically another one of those kitchen sink variants. Yeah. But I, that's why I like the original Omnimix, man. They just didn't care. Yeah. They they threw whatever they could on those things. Yeah, and I'm actually you know? going to uh, hop onto Iron Wind in a little bit and try and hunt down the different pieces to make a Hellbringer V because it's um, I want to paint one up to match the uh, CCG uh, card yeah. that painted by uh, Lobenstein. That's what I want to do with that, that Cyclops we got yeah. recently too. So I, I, I got to figure that out. I got to figure <clears> that out. Because actually Iron Wind is having another sale. It's like a 20% off until the 8th. Oh yeah, they if are. You, I got a message. If you order a hundred bucks, you get 20% off, which is pretty good. It's a pretty damn good deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and probably get some paints as well from Reaper. That's what I tend to use. But yeah, guys, um, I, I hope you guys have a good 4th of July. It's been a weird year if you live in America. So, eh. But hey, it's been a while. So we're glad to be back. We're glad to see you. We're glad to, to talk and ramble. And yeah. we have some more stuff coming out. Yeah. Hope you guys like oil washes. If you don't know about oil washes, we're looking forward to teach you about oil washes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Happy fourth, guys. Happy fourth. Happy-ish fourth? Happy-ish. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't plan on blowing my hand off or anything. I don't want to be in crippling debt. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>